3: RotoWire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, January 5th, aka Miroslav Radulitz's birthday, uh, Tyler Ulyss's birthday, and of course Malachi Richardson's birthday. So uh, a triumvirate of incredible NBA birthdays on this Thursday. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. A lot to get to, as always. Uh, first and foremost, the topic I think that's on everyone's mind right now, who's going to be the next Minnesota Gophers football coach?
2: Uh, there was a report that Les Miles is flying there today. So, for real?
3: Yeah. Really? It came out about 15 That would 15 not be cool ago. for the rest of the Big Ten. Okay. It
2: would be, be quite a coup for the Gophers, but uh, don't, yeah, I don't, don't, don't really want to talk about any more Gopher football right now.
3: All right. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, other big news for today. Uh, the first official All-Star uh, returns were released by the NBA, and... As was the case last year, it uh, looks like there's probably going to be quite a bit of movement between now and when the actual rosters are released. Uh, the biggest news, probably Zaza Pachulia, currently second in the front court uh, for the Western Conference, behind only teammate Kevin Durant. How? I don't know.
2: I mean, it's it's obviously one of those things where he's getting a lot of support somehow from. Like fans or cult, like a cult following or like countrymen or like, I mean, this is an, men, like, Yeah. I mean, it,
3: I that's the argument, you know, is like, oh, people maybe back in the Republic of Georgia are helping him out. But like, I mean, Jeremy Lin only has like 60,000 votes. Like if anything, he's the guy you would kind of think the international people would get behind as they had in the past. And we've seen it with Yao Ming. Um, yeah, I don't think they're gonna I mean, the NBA is not going to let Zaza Pachulia start the all-star game, let alone participate no. in the all-star game. Um I think we'll see that even out. I mean, if if you look at the rest of the West, the other surprising thing, and and maybe it's not all that surprising when you consider popularity, is that Stephen Curry is leading all the guards in the West. Harden is second. Westbrook's third. The gap between, you know, Curry, Harden, Westbrook, they're all contained within about 23,000 votes, so not all that much. And there's a huge drop-off between three, Westbrook, and four. Clay Thompson, who's at about 293,000. Westbrook's at about, uh, if you round up, about 502,000. So, Big difference there. I mean, Westbrook deserves to start, but have we kind of underestimated how crazy popular Steph Curry is among whoever is doing this voting?
2: Uh, I guess I didn't. Un- I didn't underestimate that. I underestimated the fact. I didn't. I didn't think he was like significantly more popular than Russell Westbrook. Like I thought they were kind of. You know, two of the top right. four or five most popular players in the league. And I didn't really think there was a huge gap between them, especially the way that Curry played in the finals last year. I mean, they're, and they didn't win a second title in a row. Uh, you know, Chris Paul, Chris Paul and uh, James Harden, I mean, have as good a case probably as, as Russ does to start. And Curry, I, through no real fault of his own, just by the way his team plays, probably doesn't have a case to be in that mix. So, no. uh, you know that this would definitely be a fan voting uh, type of situation. Where, if you were to get in as the yeah. starter,
3: yeah, um, and I think we'll see the players. You know, when their votes come down, kind of standardize this. Um, players don't
2: like Steph Curry, like, pl- like players like think he's overrated.
3: I think so too, in general,
2: because like I remember. Um, you know what James Harden won the the player vote thing at the end of 2 the years year. ago yeah uh, and then did he win the player vote thing last year
3: I don't know if they did that last did, year that like I, I don't I think 10-30. that was a one and done like, yeah. I, like I remember waiting you know, after the finals I was kind of excited to see you know how things would shake out cuz it was somewhat controversial 2 years ago and like I don't think it ever happened so uh I think that also shows just how much the players really care about this stuff not all that much um, you know, when it was first announced, uh, you know, a month or two ago, that the players would have a say here, um, I think it, you know from people that you listen to, people that you talk to, it was a lot of like, yeah, some guys will care, some guys won't vote at all, other guys will just vote for themselves, Deion Waiters, um, and I don't know, I mean, I still think though they'll, they'll, you know, there, it's twenty five percent of the vote, so those who do vote, it will make a difference, uh, and when you look, you know, twenty thousand gap between Curry and Westbrook isn't much, and. I think the players would all, for the most part, you know, unless you're a teammate of Steph Curry, you're probably voting Westbrook.
2: Yeah, I think the way Westbrook does his thing, I think would appeal to the majority of players a lot more than even like peak. Right. Even if they were voting on like last year's Curry versus this year's Westbrook, I feel Mm -hmm. like Westbrook would still get a bunch of the player vote, unless maybe he just alienates so many of the people he plays against and talks so much junk yeah. like, that maybe a lot of people just don't like him personally. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he he would definitely appeal to players, I think. Yeah.
3: And I, feel, I don't know if we've said this before, but neither of us are players. Uh, <laughs> neither of us are voting. Um, so we should clear that up. Uh, looking at the front court in the West, like we said, Pachulia at 2 right now. Something's going to change there. Durant's at 1. Kawhi, 3. Davis, 4. So, you know, assuming... Pachulia, you know, is rightfully moved out. Your starting Western Conference front court would be Durant, Kawhi, and Davis, which to me is how it should be.
2: Yeah, Durant for sure, uh, Kawhi for sure, and then yeah, I think you know Davis, uh, Demarcus. I guess if you're if you're just looking at stats, uh, you can make a case for Demarcus to to get one of those spots. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think Davis. I'd I'd rather see Davis start at All Star game than any of the other options at, at mm-hmm. center.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. So looking at the East, LeBron number one, uh, number one overall vote getter uh, among any players. Durant number two in that category. Kyrie's actually third in in total votes. Uh, but LeBron's got nearly six hundred thousand. Uh, he's the only player over five hundred fifty thousand. So he leads the front court in the East. Giannis is number two, and you know that is correct as far as how guys are playing, but I did not think that he would be this high. You know, it wouldn't have surprised me if Giannis was seventh or eighth or ninth on the list in the East just because of it being a smaller market and his rise being, you know, so recent, you know, even within just the last couple weeks compared to a guy like Melo or even Porzingis, who's been, you know, kind of a hot name for a while. But Giannis at just over 500,000 votes, he's pretty much doubled up Kevin Love, uh, almost exactly, which is kind of crazy. Um, who's number three in the East? So right now it would be LeBron, Giannis, and Love, uh, starting in the Eastern front court with Kyrie and Dwayne Wade in the back court. And I think you've been preaching all along that Dwayne Wade will get voted in. You, you know, you've told me like you don't realize how popular this guy is, and I've been kind of saying like no way the fans will the fans will put Jimmy Butler in. Uh, and one Butler's listed as a front court player, but either way, Wade has almost a hundred thousand more votes than Butler, so. You were correct. Dwayne Wade right now on track to start the all-star game. We'll see if that holds.
2: Yeah. Uh, Giannis, the fact that he's got this many votes just proves, you know, we've seen examples time and time again of how it really doesn't matter anymore what market you play in in the NBA, Uh, whereas, like, for the MLB all-star voting is all just strictly team-based. Like, you'll see – like six cardinals like leading the vote, vote getting or whatever uh if you're like a great player on a really small market like your odds of getting voted in by the fans are, are always pretty small for Giannis to be this popular just really kind of proves that it really doesn't matter where you're playing um Milwaukee like a bottom three market in terms of uh people that are probably voting so yeah I mean that that's that's good to see uh but yeah Wade another example of It being kind of a popularity contest among the players, not necessarily based on how well you're playing. Um, I don't know. I the the East to me, like Kyle Lowry should probably be in there.
3: Uh, I mean, I think Kyrie and DeRozan is fine. You could certainly make a case for Kyle
2: Lowry is. Better than DeRozan, and he's better yeah. than Kyrie. Like I,
3: I think I think if it was if it's just placed on play, I would go Wall and DeRozan. You could say Wall and Kyrie too. That's fine. Or Wall and uh, Lowry. I mean,
2: uh, yeah, I guess I could I could
3: do Wall and Lowry. Um, I mean, Kyrie's got it right. I mean, he's up huge. He's up you know two hundred thousand over number two, and you know he's up basically 400,000 over Kyle right. Lowry. Right, and,
2: w- and this, that was super predictable as well. Right. Because
3: right. uh, he's he's a lot
2: more popular mm-hmm.
3: than... But uh, we'll see, though. I mean, this happened last year, too. Lowry was way down. He ends up starting. They got a late push from Canada. Like, I think once people... Who do you,
2: out of those four guys, uh, Lowry, Wall, DeRozan, and Kyrie, how do you
3: think... What two do you think the players
2: would vote, vote in?
3: Uh, I think the players would... I think to Rosen and Wall? I don't don't know. Like, I don't know how players feel about Kyrie. I I feel like they probably respect Kyrie at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Kyrie's done the most in terms of being on the big stage. He's the only one with a ring. You know, it's not his ring necessarily, if you want to say LeBron brought it to him, whatever. Um... I think
2: I think you're right about DeRozan though. Like I feel like his game definitely appeals to yeah other players' games. <laughs> like well, I've they... heard
3: people like Lowry a lot too, and okay. i heard he has a lot of friends around the league. I don't I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Again, we're not players, and I I just hate that we have to keep harping on that. Low-
2: Lowry's fourth in the entire league in real plus minus, yeah, uh,
3: behind, not fake plus minus
2: behind Chris Paul, Giannis, and LeBron. So, hmm. um, that's interesting. Something just something to chew on. I think you should I think you should get in. All
3: right. Uh well have you voted for anyone? No. I've only voted for Michael <laughs> Beasley twice and that's it. And he's not on I think he might only have two votes. Um Carmelo, fifth in the East, behind LeBron, Giannis, Love, and Bede. Um Mello, I just I don't I don't see him getting in. I feel like the New York fans even are like kind of getting sick of him um i thought porzingis would be a little bit higher uh i think Embiid's going to keep up you know i think like the, the social media vote is what's really really helping Embiid a lot and i could see him catching kevin love uh but as of right now we would have three cavaliers um and t- technically three warriors if you want to count zaza starting on each side
2: <laughs> yeah that's i guess the Cavs one you could have seen coming yeah uh
3: Love deserves it though. That's the thing. Like this isn't just the Cavs fans right. showing out. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, I think you could uh, you could make a case for like a guy like Jimmy Butler over oh, over Love.
2: Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think to love, me, like Love put... starting the All Star game is not a right. not a
3: bad. I like bad, but, bad Butler game. should be a guard to me. Like put Butler in, Butler and Lowry, Butler and Wall, and then go LeBron, Giannis, and Love, or LeBron, yeah. Giannis, and Embiid, whoever you well, want. Well, we there. talked about this like
2: back before the season right where we'd like to kind of see it like there has to be one point guard there has to be like a like power
3: forward like
2: five whatever and then like the other three spots can just be yeah. anyone like the, whichever three right. are like the most deserved. i mean
3: we've you seen know. it's not like guys are playing matchups in the you know like last year didn't lebron basically start at center or start started center for the east going up against like also, nobody's
2: like in the All Star game, nobody's yeah. like, ooh, got to protect, protect right. the rim. Yeah, exactly. Like, you like don't need to funnel a him out into there. the defender.
3: Like, right.
1: You know? Anyone who's watched the
3: All Star <laughs> yeah. game, like, for the last five <laughs> minutes, then maybe you want to do that. Yeah. But no, like, it's it, pe- people do take the positionality a little too seriously. Um, Giannis is Giannis is going to be fun. Like, the yes. fact that
2: we're going to get to see Giannis in the All Star game, like, like that's he's just going to be, be really
3: doing really his normal fun. stuff, but there's not going to be defense in the way. Right. Like, I, I wonder.
2: Like, do you think other players are gonna like be cool, like
3: letting him sort of do his thing, or do you I don't think know. that he
2: might get like, f- freezed out? Like, I wouldn't
3: say he'll get frozen out, but I think I don't think they're gonna just be like encouraging him. You know, I right. think it'll be the typical first year. You know, he gets maybe like, if he's starting though, he's probably gonna play twenty plus minutes. He'll maybe yeah. get like seven, eight shots. Like, well, I mean, LeBron he's clearly routinely... the second
2: best, like the first best or second best player on the team on the East. Like. <laughs> second okay. best. second best all right come on. um come on in terms of just it like for like if you're coaching the east yeah. like he's gonna probably help you win as much or possibly mm-hmm. more than anyone else on that team because like lebron this is his what like 14th all-star game like something like that yeah. uh he's gonna be fine just kind of doing whatever and like if, if he takes over in the final five minutes that's fine. Uh, but Giannis is, like, going to be probably playing close to, like, 100%. Like, yeah. I mean, oh, he, I don't see why not. Like think he's going to be, be, be blocking shots. Right. Like, I don't think this, coast whole, to coast.
3: this whole, like, naive image, you know, that you get of him and that, that kind of came through in the latest, like, Lee Jenkins article. It's like, I don't think that's really faked, you know? Like, I think he genuinely is going to go to New Orleans and, like, live it up and, like, totally, you know, kind of freak out a little bit about being in the All-Star game. I don't know how players respond to that. You know, some guys might see it as kind of corny, kind of, you know, little kiddish, I guess, for a lack of a better term. Uh, but other guys, you know, might find it endearing. So we'll see. I think this is probably his first introduction. Like Giannis isn't a guy who's like, he's not going to go hang out with Kevin Durant in the offseason. He's not going to go train with Russell Westbrook. Like this will kind of probably be his first time really interacting with all these other stars and at a time where they're all just kind of chilling together at these events. Uh so that'll be interesting. I mean for the like just in that Lee Jenkins piece, like his best friend on the Bucks, you know, for the first couple years was Nate Walters. You know, like this is a guy who is not I don't think he lives the the superstar life at all. So it'll be interesting. Uh who else are you most excited to watch in in an all-star setting besides Giannis? I mean, does Westbrook try to go like 20, 20 20? Uh
2: I guess I'm interested to see how just like this you know, stuff
3: like how do Westbrook and Durant interact. Yeah. Um, That'll be really interesting. Yeah, Do, does, does DeRozan only take mid-range jumpers? <laughs>
2: uh, I don't know. It's it's just kind of cool seeing who who decides to take over, um, who, you know, if it's close in the, the final seconds, who gets to take the shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see, like, Steph Curry trying to take over and win MVP just because he's not – Like made any
3: headline, any positive headlines like
2: all season. Like, I mean, this would maybe be a chance for him to kind of get off.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) if there's one way to get respect, it's to take home that All Star (laughs) Game MVP.
2: Um, Cousins, if he's in the game, like, yeah, I don't know. That's
3: if Embiid gets in. Such a weirdo. That'll be a lot of fun for obvious reasons. Um, But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll address this again when the second returns come out. But it looks like the Milwaukee Bucks are going to have their first All-Star in what'll be 13 years I believe. Since Michael Red, right? Since uh, Olympic gold medalist Michael Red, that's correct. Uh okay, let's t- Oh, Curry shoes. We need to talk about that before we get to college stuff. The Curry 3.5 some images starting to trickle out uh on the the World Wide web and so you they're, I- they're
2: bad, but like we don't need to talk so much about how these specific shoes look. No, bad, no, no. But like I just – like, what would you do – like, so I I imagine, like, Under Armour stock is taking, like, a gigantic hit this year, right? Because, like, they're – Cam. They're they're number one – like, Steph Curry, like, for all the gains they made last year where, like, you know, college teams are talking about how, like, Under Armour is going to be, like, right there with Nike in, like, a couple of years and stuff like that. Like, I feel like they've probably lost – a good chunk of that ground, it just with uh, Curry like not being on T te- like he's not like leading Sports Center like he was like almost every right. night you know and like he's not the best player on his team anymore. Uh, the best player on his team happens to be a Nike guy. The shoes are obviously terrible, so like they were never selling because of how cool they looked. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? So like, would you? But he also loves. You can tell like he loves the idea of. Having his own like brand that like cap yeah. that like competes with Nike because of like feeling disrespect by how Nike recruited right. him and stuff. So like, would you ever consider leaving Under Armour <laughs> at some point? Like you're just like, God,
3: guys, come like, on! These like, are the third shoes in a row yeah, that
2: are just like, awful. How like how bad do things have to get like for you to think about like? I or don't at least know, man. Give These... Adidas a call. Yeah, or, like, right. Like at least give know.
3: yourself some leverage. Like yeah. see what see if you can bring And One out of retirement. Yeah, I. I mean these new ones are just as bad as the others. I don't I don't got, get it.
2: He's honestly got as much like financial equity sort of tied up in Under Armour as he does like in his NBA career. Like that's like he could make from from now until, you know, the end of his career, he could make more money through Under Armour than he could probably like playing in the NBA. So it's like an important deal.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Like, he he should probably start thinking, like, if these shoes are going to keep looking like this, and... <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, basically, like, an intervention? Yeah, like... <laughs> Guys.
2: <laughs> and if... Well, Kevin... And the Kevin Durant thing is, like, a thing, too, because it's, yeah. like... You know, would it be better if... Like, would Nike take him on? Yes. Like, yeah, so, like... At the right price, yeah. But would Nike... T- like, if Nike took him on, would they give him kind of LeBron, like, not LeBron placement, but like Durant placement? Would he be like, I think even they would have Durant? to, yeah.
3: I think if you're Curry, like, you wouldn't go to Nike unless and like they like, ahead of
2: Kyrie in their, like, sort of thing. And, well, it like, depends how you look at it. Cause,
3: like, I mean, Kyrie has, he's basically just like a younger version of Durant in terms of how his shoes are coming out. Like, obviously, Durant's better. I'm not saying as a yeah. player, just as like how he's being marketed. You know, like, if he sticks with Nike for 10 years, he's going to be where Durant is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know what the hierarchy is. Like, yeah, I think Curry is a bigger deal clearly than Kyrie. Because I
2: think if you, you know, there might be an opportunity if you wanted to go, uh, back if you wanted to go back to Nike, then they could like market that whole team minus Clay Thompson as like the Nike, like a Nike team, and like right. you could do ads with Durant and stuff. Draymond wears Nike. Yeah, and and like, I don't know. I I don't think you would be. Like, that would be huge because then uh, basically Nike would just get all of Under Armour's clients at that point. Right? Yeah. Like, because they're all they're Well, only... you got Kemba. Okay. Well, like... Uh, yeah, I didn't so... Know um, but, like, Under Armour is only really selling basketball shoes based on Steph Curry's right. existence. So, like, if he... If there's no more Steph Curry shoes to sell, then... You know, and there's a new Nike Steph Curry shoe, then that would be...
3: Right, something. Then, yeah, worth. you do wonder too. Like, if you're Nike, you want what you just said. You know, like you want you want to have the Warriors market cornered. Uh-huh. And it's not
2: like I mean, there's there's precedent for stuff like this. Like Kobe started out with Adidas for the first six yep. or seven years of his career. Actually, maybe more in that first decade, maybe of his
3: career. And then, like Wade finished off Converse. With Nike. <laughs> yeah, Wade was yeah. like big yeah. with Converse I for a while, I I and mean, that was he had a long his, time. He had
2: some signature shoes.
3: Yeah, I um, owned a pair of those. Unfortunately
2: i could see that i could see what, you doing that they were team
3: shoes i didn't pick them out right? <laughs> um
2: but yeah i mean i think you know the right move is is really to just go back to nike i think yes for, for everyone's sake just so we can stop right seeing these terrible shoes and like
3: he's already <laughs> ruined his reputation
2: like i'm gonna have kids one day and i don't want them to be asking for Under Armour shoes yeah. for christmas
3: god yeah that's a scary <laughs> thought that's not something we ever want um what about what about Giannis when we're talking about these deals? Like, if you if you're looking at someone coming up, like who's going to get you know a big shoe deal, uh, or apparel, whatever you want to say, like big men, you know, Porzingis and Embiid, like big men traditionally don't sell all that well with shoes. So. He's not really a big
2: man, though. I no, mean, no, I, big, I'm just,
3: no that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like Porzingis and Embiid aren't really in the same yeah. tier. Like Giannis, I think is totally marketable, mm-hmm.
2: especially like just this fan vote thing. Like, right for him to be second in the East in fan vote and. Uh, play in Milwaukee, like, that yeah. really speaks to how marketing No, for is.
3: sure. So, I mean, like, he's the next guy, right, in terms of marketability? Yeah. I mean, the uh, thing is, like, he's – you can kind of compare him to Kawhi as far as, like, type of player, I guess, and it's a little bit of a stretch. And, like, Kawhi is so quiet and reserved that, like, he, I think, kind of harms himself from a marketing perspective, well, not Giannis that he cares. Yeah, would
2: be pretty easy to market, I think. Oh, yeah. you would just let him talk. Like, yeah. just let him talk for, like, ten minutes – and just like you could just have him like man on the street type of thing. Like, right, yeah. You know, I mean, it, I mean, he's, he'd be he's totally like a funny dude. Right, like he'd be down talking, for any
3: kind yeah. of like, you know, Uncle Drew type of yeah, thing, yeah. Grandmama type of like any kind of, like you know, off the little, wall. Like
2: a little penny type of thing. Right,
3: like, yeah. Right. I mean, what, did you like those commercials back in the day when LeBron, it was like a family of LeBrons, you know, and he like played each one and they were all different, different uh, ages? Like something like that, you know, maybe not. I mean, those, those commercials were on constantly. But like you don't just have to have him sweating in a gym, dribbling right, up and yeah. down. Like he, you could do something a little you more don't have creative. To have, like, the Really
2: pissed off Russell right. Westbrook commercial where he's yeah,
3: just, like, or angry like Steph Curry drinking a bunch of water while shooting threes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. hopefully for for our sake, Giannis is a Nike guy. Um, <laughs> could could break the
2: Bucks dynasty if he went elsewhere. I mean, really good. Yeah,
3: yeah well, yeah. well, Jabari's a Jordan guy, so you know maybe maybe Jordan tries to grab him too.
2: You don't want him to be a Jordan guy. I think Jor- Jordan's not where you want to end up because you can't really. The shoes are never really yours. Like, it is they're true. Always yeah, just kind of just Jordan. It's like shoes
3: Mello and CP wish. have had their own shoes for years, but like yeah. you never hear about them. Like yeah. Mello's had like twenty editions of his yeah. shoe, and like I don't know what they look like. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, okay, college. Dennis Smith triple double last night. Tw- People are gonna love this 27, Twenty-seven, eleven, and eleven. <laughs> But well, we're not talking college. We're talking draft. Like we're not just we're not talking like we're not gonna break down Butler and Villanova from last night. Um no. yeah, absolutely Never. not. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew Laird, if you're listening. Um twenty-seven eleven and eleven for Dennis Smith, his best game. Uh certainly of ACC play, probably of the season for NC State. He's kind of fallen off, I feel like nationally. You just don't hear that much about Dennis Smith compared to a lot of these other freshmen, but I don't think his stock has really changed all that much from where it was three months ago. Really what's changed, I
2: think, is that guys who maybe entered the year behind him or even with him uh, have have improved their stock to the point that they are now sort of ahead of him. At least that's kind of my read on it. He's, yeah, he's done absolutely nothing to hurt his stock. I just kind of wonder what his kind of, elite skills are other than Athleticism, getting to the right? rack. Like, yeah. But he, well, he's a good, at he's like a really good athlete, but like he's not a Westbrook athlete. He's close, man.
3: I don't know. He dude, Some of the stuff he was doing last he's night. He's not
2: close. No, he's not that close. I I, I don't I, know. There was one dunk that he had where like he was, he didn't get off the right foot and it was like barely a dunk. Like,
3: I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying he's Westbrook. Nobody's really Westbrook, no. but he's. I mean, come on. I'm showing you a highlight as we <laughs> speak. Like, point guards don't do that. He's six two. Six I mean, two.
2: Could I say that he's an Eric Bledsoe athlete? Sure. Does that work? Sure. Okay.
3: Fine. So is so, Westbrook so a tier of his own? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. He's fine. So, if you if you want to say Bledsoe, that's so fine.
2: Er, so say he's like he's Eric Bledsoe, like athleticism wise, and okay. really kind of build wise too. Yeah. Um, but he he also has like the same you know he's not he's never going to be like a great three point shooter I don't think like he might be like a 35 36 three point shooter which is which is totally fine uh he's not like he's going to look to score before he's going to look to pass uh a lot of his assists in that game uh were just kind of he didn't really have anything to do with them being buckets they were just kind of he happened to be the guy that passed it last type of mm-hmm. assists no
3: that's true uh
2: and he does his rebound, like, I mean, he he's a lot like Westbrook in that he'll go, he might sacrifice some defense just to go get a board, just to kind of pad his stats. Like, he might mm-hmm. leave his guy a little early just to get by the rim. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't really see how he can, I don't see how his game sort of allows him to be more than sort of. Maybe not a top five point guard, but I think he'll be comfortably in that five to ten range at the position mm-hmm. for quite a while, which is awesome. It's yeah. It's I don't see him being, like, a top five at the position type of guy.
3: No, yeah, that's fair. I mean, the, the no real elite skill is, uh, is somewhat concerning, but I think he does do everything pretty well at that mm-hmm. size. That you know, you, It's not really a knock necessarily. Um, and, do, and then, like, we talked about when we first talked
2: about him, like, a couple months ago maybe, like, he has to – use that athleticism to be a great defender. Like if he if he were to just really commit himself to being a lockdown one on one defender, which he absolutely could do, Mm -hmm. then he could be then people could start talking about him. Like he could be like the Kawhi point guards basically. Right. If he's just shutting everyone down defensively. But I feel like that's just not something any of the kids that kind of come up want to
3: do because No.
2: they're looking at guys like Westbrook and Harden and Kyrie and Steph Curry none of those guys play defense
3: (laughs) so it's like no I agree (laughs) I think Westbrook especially is like if you're a guy like Fultz or Smith like you look in like I think Westbrook is like unlocked something that people didn't think was possible in the modern era like averaging a triple double is Mm -hmm. now like a thing you can do and your team can be okay and in the playoffs while you're doing it and like if you're a guy like Smith and, you know, and Fultz and you have that athleticism and that much responsibility for your team, like, I think there's that kind of inspiration now that that's you can it, put you up get those like numbers. A
2: guy, like, when you find a guy, like, a guy that's coming up and has, like, elite athleticism, elite uh, physical gifts and is a wing or a guard and likes defending and gets after it on defense, like, that's something really special right that's hard to find and that's why yeah. josh jackson's really and
3: smith cool doesn't way. have like elite measurables so you, no. the effort has to be there you yeah know, he doesn't he doesn't have like the freak 7-2 wingspan or he's only six foot two you know he just
2: he has the look of one of those guards that just the motor really sort of yeah. dies down on that end of the court because he's going so hard on the other end which mm-hmm. is fine it's just like for him to be the best version of himself in the nba defense would have to be to me like if not 1A, 1B of yeah. his sort of skill set.
3: So we talked about Josh Jackson um, on the last podcast. After that, he went out and had his worst game of the season at TCU uh, back on Friday, played 13 minutes, fouled out, uh, scored four points, just complete non-factor really. Uh, Kansas still able to win that game, of course. And then he comes back uh, a couple of nights ago, Tuesday night against K-State. Really, really close game. Kansas You know, gets away with a very questionable, non-called travel, Eurostep weird layup. It was a terrible call. Should have been called travel. Either way, Kansas wins at home, keeping their streak alive. Josh Jackson has his best game as a college player, 22 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Um, I think he was at like 16-5-5 at the half. So did a ton in the first half, made – you know some passes that you just don't see from a lot of college wings. Um, you know, especially score first guys like him had a couple of highlight dunks, hit a three. Um, I mean, he continues to look like the real deal.
2: Yeah, I mean it, he's he's my favorite player to watch in college. He's the guy that's atop my board uh, going into the draft. I don't really see that changing unless he were to really take take a step back because like we've talked about before like i'm always going to give the the wing an edge there and i'm always going to give the two-way player an edge there and he checks both those boxes he also when you get a guy that's not a point guard but has the passing gene and is someone who is going to really make his teammates better and make winning plays instead of just kind of me first type of plays, like and and that player's not a point guard. To me, that's just like the perfect scenario. I mean, that's why that's what makes a guy like Nikola Jokic so awesome. Uh, you know, a guy like Giannis doing what he's doing at, at seven feet tall. Uh, it's what's made LeBron Anthony Randolph amazing. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like totally. Like when you when you get a guy like that that that's uh, the offense can run through him without him being the guy that's scoring. That's really great, and yeah. he he checks all those boxes. The jump shot still looks it looks funky. um, (laughs) It's not good, but it's just you know it's what are you gonna do? Like if if (laughs) if his jump shot if if he had a really awesome jumper right now we'd be talking about like one of the best prospects in the history of the sport. Yeah,
3: (laughs) he's one of those guys like he's playing on such a good team that has these like two older lead guards where like he doesn't he's not like asked to do all that much. Like I really wish he was playing for I don't know some. Crap! Like, like, put him on like Ohio State or something, or even if he would have gone to Michigan State, where he almost did. Like, seeing him with like double the usage would be a lot, a lot of fun. So, I mean, kind of go both ways. You know, you can say like, all right, maybe he's just playing really well because he doesn't have to do that much. I don't think that's the case. It no, kind of makes no. you wonder, like, what would he be doing, you know, if he were asked to do so much more?
2: Right. I mean, I think you would. Uh, his his
3: field goal percentage would
2: be less. I mean, that that would take a hit, I guess. Uh But he the fact that he's fitting into this team is what I am really excited about. Like a lot of times when you have a you know, a stud recruit that goes into a team like this and he's kinda he basically has to buy into the system if he wants to get minutes and Mm -hmm. he has to play, you know, a team game and not just go ISO all the time, otherwise he's gonna be on the bench and he's willing to do that. It's just really, especially at Kansas impressive. too, because they have a his-
3: they have a history of like bringing in these guys, and if you don't assimilate, you're just not going to play.
2: Yeah, he's he's a lot more like, like for instance, like Wiggins when he was there. Wiggins was like a big part of the offense, but like he, that team wasn't as loaded in terms of um, no. upperclassmen, and he kind of needed to be a big part of the offense. But he wasn't. All he was really doing was scoring. He wasn't doing much on defense. He wasn't passing or or even rebounding a ton, uh, and Jackson's doing it all. Like he's doing kind of the Sean Marion stuff, like the you know make a make a baseline cut, you know, right. p- uh, pass from the the free throw line to a guy that's cutting, crash the boards, uh, get out in transition, play defense, stuff like that. I mean, he's he's really doing a lot of stuff that. Uh, is rare to kind of see a guy who's used to coming up on like an AAU team and just kind of having Mm -hmm. the ball the whole time and getting to do whatever he wants.
3: Andrew Wiggins had one game with at least five assists in his entire year at Kansas. And he had five in that game. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, two. And they were both five and they were within like a week of each other. Other than those two games, he got to four like three times. And then other than that, it was three, two, one or zero every other game. And, you know, counting stats are what they are, but, Josh Jackson as a passer and, and as, a, I think, just an overall feel you know, type of guy is, is further along than Wiggins. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see how that all shakes out. He's, I think it's between him and Folds right now for number one, depending on what board you look at. Can't really go wrong either way. Uh, Harry Giles started for Duke last night. They also got Grayson Allen back. Um, not that he really matters on an NBA scale anymore. Um, but, but well, I, you know what I mean. Um <laughs> But Harry Giles, ten points, twelve boards, um, had a few dunks. You know, looked pretty athletic. He, we're, he still hasn't played enough, where you can really get a look at and see if these Chris Weber comps are, are <laughs> legit. Um, but you know, this is his best game so far, and the most that we've seen from him. Seventeen minutes is a season high.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's fitting in better than Marquez Bolden, who yeah, was also yeah, a he's... guy that was thought to be maybe a potential lottery pick. Uh, mm-hmm. hasn't really been a good year for the front court prospects on the whole no like it's like you got uh, like bam at a bio Marquez Bolden guys that uh, seemed like good good bets to go in the lottery co- probably coming into the year, both of them probably pretty clearly outside of the lottery if, if the draft is held uh, now and that's in- it's interesting I mean Harry Giles has his own sort of unique Prospect and that really that the outcomes between now right. and the draft are just as wide as they could possibly be. But uh, excited to get to see more of him.
3: Yeah, it might it might still be a couple of weeks until we get twenty five thirty minutes of Harry Giles. But the fact that Bolden is, you know, taking a step back, I don't think he's quite as ready as they thought, and he too was hurt. So maybe there's an adjustment period. But I think they're going to have to have more of Harry Giles in this rotation. Um, because they can 't really ask Emil Jefferson to do everything, and this was a huge, huge blowout. I mean they pretty much doubled up Georgia Tech one ten fifty seven so maybe not the best sample uh, but Jason Tatum continues to look really, really good nineteen six four, four, and two for him, uh, pretty much doing it all one of seven from three though uh, not not all that great, but that does mean he went what seven of seven of seven from non three point range
2: yeah that 's his game
3: he 's a uh...
2: Just a stud from inside the art, like he can really score from anywhere inside to there, and he's just not comfortable yet with the long ball. And that's do we have fine. a good comp
3: for him yet? It's com- somewhere between Paul George and Danny Granger. I feel like um, Paul George isn't terrible,
2: but the defense isn't really the same. Um, I don't know. Like he's he's got some like DeRozan, y kind of things that he does but he's just a really good you know, mm-hmm. post player I've, I've thrown out like he he reminds me a little bit of blake griffin at times too i mean it's there's what about like a
3: jamal uh, mashburn
2: Ooh mash ooh I, I like that actually that's that's pretty solid. yeah i'm
3: looking at mash's college numbers and like a they're better, they're similar ish like yeah
2: mash was a stud like he was good dude. back in the day he averaged like
3: right? 20 as a rookie i mean people yeah. people forget jamal mashburn that
2: was a sweet team him and uh jim jackson jason kidd that was a sweet Dallas Mavericks. Team.
3: Oh, Mavs. I think of him as a Hornet. I think he had he left a, Dallas his, by the time I was, was like the, a –
2: was the Mavs, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. I don't know. I was like four. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I, he's just always been like a – oh, that was the guy on the team with Baron Davis a for Hornet, a little bit. Man. Yeah. yeah See, he played I, played always, his last four years as a Hornet.
2: He'll, he'll always be a Mav to me. <laughs> I was
3: I was one when he made his NBA debuts. Yeah, I don't quite remember. I mean, you know, I have bits and pieces that come back to me <laughs> every now and then. Uh, my parents weren't big Jamal Mashburn guys, uh, so it's understandable. Uh, all right, anything else you want to talk about? Um, There's a... I want to say it was the New York Times did a piece on Frank Nilekina, which I believe there, <laughs> is. It, it, there actually is a pronunciation in the article. Oh, good. So we had been pronouncing it a little bit wrong. Nile- like, we were saying, like, Nilekina. You we trying to get the T's in it's there? K, it ends in, like, a K-I-N-A, so it's not Nilekina. It's, like, Nilekina. Okay. okay. So... Yeah, nice little article on him. I think he's kind of steadily climbing. It seems still like not somebody that we're like really gonna know a lot about. I think until what April May. We're really
2: high on him here at RotoWire. Yeah, as, as we are, Josh your Shannon's number
3: one team. source for for NBA draft content.
2: Uh, those are our, those are the guys we're probably higher on than
3: mm-hmm. than everywhere else. Yeah, uh, I, I'm also starting to come around on Malik Monk because he's. <laughs> putting up the the numbers are tough oh, to ignore. Oh, I
2: want to talk talk about this with you. So like okay. when you're on Twitter and you have people that like aren't you know, 99% of the people you probably follow are not like just super plugged in on like NBA draft stuff, like they're just That's kind of fair, mostly yeah. NBA or mostly this or that or whatever. Right. Whenever those people that like aren't like plugged in talk about the NBA draft, the upcoming NBA draft, is it not either Lonzo Ball or Malik Monk related?
3: A lot of Lonzo Ball, a lot of like retweeting Markel Fultz highlight videos, okay. uh, which is fair. Yeah. To me, it's just those. Well, just two the guys. casual fan stuff. Like, you yeah, know? I know, Malik Monk is probably a, like more people know who Malik right. Monk is right now than know who Dennis Smith is.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. But like, I'll get like, I'll see like a tweet and someone will be like, Man, I just can't wait till Malik Monk and Lonzo Ball are in the league next year. Like you know, and it's so, I feel yikes like, man. like I feel like if just like the general public was doing this draft, those would be your top two picks. And I just think the it's the Kentucky kid, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just think it's, <laughs> I just think it's interesting. Like I mean, it's not, um, like it's quite possible that neither guy goes in the top four or five. Yeah, picks. like it, that's how deep this draft is, and that's how they like those two have not really caused any separation they've helped their stock i would say like i think coming into the year yeah lonzo ball was probably a fairly consensus top 10 guy but definitely not a top five guy i think and he
3: would you would say like seven to twelve for ball yeah and now he's like two to eight
2: yeah uh yeah i mean it's, it's just i think it's interesting and i think a lot of it is because of their names Like Mm -hmm. Lonzo Ball and Malik Monk, like you're not going to forget those names. Like you hear it like once or twice, like, oh yeah, that guy. guy." Well, I
3: know. I mean, and national media too. And like, you know, not to badmouth ESPN or whatever, but I was watching, you know, a week or two ago, I remember some highlight where like TJ Leaf, it was the game that he almost had a triple-double. He was Mm -hmm. like one assist short or something of a triple-double. They didn't even mention it like it was just it was just like on the little scoreboard <laughs> yeah. at the end of the highlight it was just all Lonzo ball and like ball had a nice game but like he was clearly like the third best player on the team that mm-hmm. night and they didn't even mention TJ Leaf. So if there's and that too it's like if you're not looking for these guys Also
2: like Darren Fox like if you if you just want to look at uh all around like performance this year like I think you can make a case that he's been more valuable like Malik Monk's box scores are always just like 26 points, and then like two and two, or four and yeah. two. And like Darren Fox is like filling it up everywhere and like kind of leading the offense and everything. Yeah, uh, and he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And obviously, TJ Leaf definitely gets lost in the shuffle because I think probably some of the sports center anchors don't even realize that he's like a no prospect at all.
3: <laughs> when the, I think there's this belief with Leaf that he's like came out of nowhere and he's like this great freshman, like he was like a five star recruit. I mean, this is a guy who was
2: consensus top. 25 prospect and like S- top
3: 15. By supposed to go to the Cats. Uh, did Sad. not was Sad. ex uh, X Cat, current <laughs> Bruin. Uh, okay, so last question: If you're I don't know, actually, I don't want to put a team on it because that maybe limits it. Just in a vacuum, Deer and Fox or Malik Monk. Like, who would you take first?
2: I would take Monk, but the, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, like it's not slam dunk for me, and
3: but yeah, that was definitely not your slam dunk tone.
2: No, it's it's really gonna kind of depend on uh, some combine stuff. I, w- I would imagine, like, I want to see what his like official measurements are, and and all that stuff. It's just really tough because he's he's just he's just there's no way of you know. Hiding the fact that he's undersized at the two, and he's not a true one. And if you want to make him play the one, I just don't think it's gonna go all that well for your team. And so I think you have to play him at the two, and then it's just it'd be one thing if he was like a bulky six three, but he's he's really wiry too. So I I don't know. I I don't like the body at the at the two. He's obviously an amazing scorer. Um. Just not really – I mean, couldn't you see him being best served as, like, a sixth man on a good team? Like, would that be a crazy uh, way that for his career to break or shake down if he was, like, top three six man in the league for, like, yeah. a five-year run or something like that? Yeah,
3: that's the thing. It's, like, when you – are I think as a team, like, it's hard to say, like, all right, we're getting our sixth man of the future at number yeah. seven. You know, like, I think – Obviously, you're not drafting him necessarily with that in mind, but it's hard to say that's where – like, he's just, he'd just be so perfect for that. Do you
1: see,
2: like Jam- – like do you see, like, Jamal Crawford there? Yeah. Um, I think like, Lou Williams, like, like, like but more athletic. Talked about? Like, I
3: think he's – yeah, he's a mix between, like, J.R. Smith, like, JR's shooting ability, conscience, and athleticism, <laughs> and then, like, a little, you know, a little savviness of a Lou Williams.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the – yeah, all the comps that I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can see that. Like, they're all guys who – Should not be even discussed in the top five of this draft, like right. Like, so he's never going to be a top five guy for me. I could see him back half of the top 10, but uh, I just think you got to really be careful not Mm -hmm. to get too impressed by the scoring uh, output he has, uh, game to game.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's tough though. I mean, you look at his last five games 20, 47, 16, 34, 26. He's hitting eight threes, five threes, five threes, like it's, it, it's not just a flash, you know, he hit seven threes against Michigan state, you know, there's something to it, but it's just, you know, can you replicate that on the next level? Completely different story.
2: I mean, who are the guys in recent memory that have been that we've ended up being too low on based on their measurables sort of at that position? Like to me,
3: shooting, it's tough. Like
2: a guy like, uh, Eric Gordon and Steph Curry come to mind where I, I wasn't like all mm-hmm. the way in the tank for those two guys yeah. coming out just cause I looked at how tall they were and mm. it's like, well, man, he better be a really good. And then Curry ends up being a, a point guard, obviously. But right.
3: Like, yeah. I mean, I think Gary Harris to some degree, he was a little bit undersized for the two, but he probably went about where he yeah. should have. He's been a little bit better. Um, I was gonna say Levine, but he's like six five, and that was never Levine's the issue with him was Levine's just that that nobody had seen him. Yeah. Um, Malik Monk kind of reminds me of like a shorter Jeremy Lamb too, because like when you hear Monk is six two, six three, like he he looks like he's six six. So he's so wiry, like it's hard for me to but believe that he's actually that short.
2: Here's the other thing though, and like this is why you can't get too blown away by these scoring the scoring output is part of the reason he looks like he's like six four, six five is because the guys he's going up against, like yeah, very true. I mean he he looks. The part of like uh, a next level player more so than like anyone he's yeah. playing against. So like it's it's a lot easier. Like we talk about a guy like J.R. Smith. Like if J.R. Smith had had a freshman year at college, he would have done some oh crazy things. Like so, it's not the fact <sighs> that these guys have to play here in college. It, it sometimes kind of skews our opinions of like how mm-hmm. how impressive it is that they're doing what they're doing.
3: J.R. Smith not going to college is one of the all time like things we've been robbed of as basketball watchers. Where? I mean he's a New Jersey guy, like Saint John's. Saint John's um, been great. Where did where was he going to go? Like
2: I don't know. Like Cincinnati. I wanna,
3: oh God, yeah. He would be <laughs> such a Cincinnati guy. Um I've read this before. I'm sure people listening probably know this. Um I wanna say North Carolina. Okay. That I mean, that would have been good for him. Yeah, so yeah, right here. He did uh he did commit to UNC. <laughs> okay. Boy. No, he would have been a Memphis guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like coach yeah. one of the old coach Cal Memphis teams. Yeah,
2: like uh Woo. Yeah, playing with playing with Reek and like Yeah,
3: uh, maybe a little CDR. CDR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What year was JR draft? Was he 06 draft? It seems like it shouldn't be that long ago. He was Was it 05 even? No. Oh god, no.
2: Oh, you know, he you can't forget he had the, the China stretch in there.
3: That's right. Yeah, he's he's older <laughs> than he than he should be. He was 04. Yeah. 2004. he's an old,
2: dude. He's an old head.
3: He's yeah, he's a, a wily vet. I mean, yeah, you look <laughs> at Yeah, I mean, he could have been a big big time Memphis guy. Would
2: that have been So would that have been the So 04, that the UNC won the title that year, didn't they? I
3: okay. think they won it in 05. Okay. Didn't they? I think I think Emeka Okafor and UConn wow. won it that year.
2: So it's like the, the Sean May, Ray yeah, oh
3: five, or? yeah. So the following draft was your, you know, your Ray Felton, your Sean May, your Marvin Williams, your Rashad McCants, your you Jackie you Manuel, Rashad
2: McCants and J.R. Smith on the same
3: team. Rashad McCants was kind of J.R. Smith yeah, in some like, ways, but a much like much
2: worse. Like, yeah, like that's the that's the thing people don't understand about college is like. Rashad McCants put up crazy numbers. Was a two guard. Rashad McCants was awesome. Rashad McCants versus J.R. Smith is not even like remotely close. Like, right. like in terms of athleticism, shooting ability, yeah. Like, those, who
3: like, would have thought? Like, looking at the what was the next UNC title team with like Danny Green and Wayne Ellington and those guys? Yeah. Like, both of those guys are like head and shoulders above McCants in the yeah. NBA. Like, McCants was the star out of yeah. those guys. He averaged he averaged twenty and four as a sophomore. Yeah, I mean, he might not be the worst comp for for Monk.
2: <laughs> if you really want to crap on him.
3: Yeah. No, man, McCann's was a great college a player. Athlete. And well, didn't he like, claim he got blackballed from the league?
2: He's, he just had a lot of stuff going on. Um, what would he have gotten blackballed for?
3: I don't know. I think, I, know he talked, I think he, like... Well,
2: he talked a ton of crap about the UNC the cheating stuff.
3: Yeah. Well, I think he just, like, got this rep that he was a bad locker room guy, and, like, he claims he wasn't, but pe- people thought he was. I mean,
2: he was never good.
3: No. I mean, he 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 did he averaged 15 a game once. Okay. So... Was that for the T-Wolves? That was for the T-Wolves. Uh, and then he went to the Kings, and it's like, well, what are you going to try to get done there? <laughs> All right, uh, that'll wrap it up. Three amigos. We'll be back uh, with the typical Friday episode tomorrow.